What are you listening to? You're listening to the Get to Know Podcast. What's happening guys, this is Liam and you're locked into the Get To Know podcast. If you're listening right now, big up yourself, I appreciate you. Big up the regular listeners, big up the people that checked out the last episode, that was a belter. If you haven't seen that or listened to it, make sure you do that. Shout out man like Edu, shout out Mo. Shout out all the people that are following on the socials and sharing. Much appreciated. So on to my guest today. It is a very talented rapper and poet from Manchester who goes by the name Medulla. She recently released her debut single, Leveled Up, and it is a banger. Honestly, a great tune, chilled vibes, but also very positive and a, a really a, a great song to, to start the year with, man. You know, 2021, all about leveling up and yeah, yeah, man. And also, I'm really happy to have a girl on the show because this is only the second girl I've had and I don't want people thinking that this show is a mandem thing. Like, it is, but it's not just a mandem thing. So yeah, man, I really enjoyed this conversation. We spoke about the difference between writing poetry and writing rap music and you know the Manchester scene, Pan-Africanism. Yeah, man, it's really good. So I hope you enjoy this as much as I did. This is Medulla. It's the Get To Know podcast, and I am joined by the artist, Medulla. Medulla, how are you doing today? Hello, hello. I'm really good, thank you. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you so much for, for coming on. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. Oh, no worries. I'm excited to be here. Great. You know, I first checked out your stuff, because um, when it was, it was, I got made aware of you by um, Aziz, Bello, and uh, Iman Lake. Uh, who of course my first guest so I, was, uh, I saw them posting reposting to me or stuff and it looked pre- pretty cool man so I had a little bit of a dig deeper and uh, yeah I just knew I had to get you on so yeah much appreciated oh thank you yeah like they're also just very talented at what they do so yeah I'm glad you could find me through them yeah how do you know them um so me and Iman uh, went to uni together and we both were on the same course we both studied film um so yeah like that we've just been like close since that and then i started doing music and then i met aziz through man and then yeah that's how i know them okay cool all right so um we're still in lockdown but an end is apparently in sight how are you feeling about everything i am excited like i'd literally i'm happy that we've had this time period to rest like i'm grateful for that but I'm just really ready for things to just go back to normal so I can literally just get cooking on more music. Yeah, 
how has the lockdown period affected you creatively? Um, I'll be honest, I'm really fortunate because it's affected me in a really good way. Like I've been able to move, I was in London, I've moved back home to Manchester and then I've just been able to just get creative with zero distractions. Like I'm the sort of person that's like, I get FOMO over everything. So if there's nothing going on, I don't, there's nothing to get FOMO over, do you know what I mean? So I can just literally stay at home and do what I need to do. Nice. Yeah, I'm the same, man. Like, even now, like, not I'm not in London at the minute. I've re I moved back a few months ago. And it's been all right. I've moved Hamptons where, where I live now, where I'm from. And it's like, yeah, it's all good. But I just, I know that once things start opening up again, I'm going to get FOMO so much. So, <laughs> yeah, just get myself back there. But I hear that. I, I proper relate to what you're saying. It's so real. <laughs> it's actually a real problem. Mm. But, oh, well, there'll be, there'll be plenty to look forward to soon. So, it's all good. Yeah, exactly. All right. So I want to kick things off by doing the quick fire round. So I'll ask you a series of questions and you just uh, pick your preferred option. Okay. All right. Firstly, English or maths? English. Messi or Ronaldo? Messi. Films or TV series? Films. Xbox or PlayStation? PlayStation? <laughs> <laughs> Cats or dogs? Dogs. Orange juice or apple juice? Apple juice all day. <laughs> <laughs> Apple or Android? Oh, I hate to say it, but Apple. <laughs> <It's a cold>. <laughs> <laughs> Nike or Adidas? Nike. Kanye West or Jay-Z? Kanye West. Biggie or Tupac? Ah, that's hard. Um, Biggie. Everyone struggles <laughs> the most on that one. <laughs> because it's impossible. I hear you. I do. Spider-Man or Batman? Batman. Instagram or Twitter? Instagram. Winter or summer? Summer, 100%. <laughs> and finally, what is your favourite holiday destination? Uh, is this somewhere I've been or...? Uh, yes. Somewhere I've been, okay. I'm going to say... I'm going to say South Africa. That was the best. Okay. Best time oh, wow. Life. What's that like? Absolutely gorgeous. I managed yeah. to get to spend time in Cape Town and in Joburg. And they're both just completely different vibes. But I just love it. I love it there. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. I can imagine it being a proper sick place to go, man. Mm-hmm. Nice. 
Okay, so Medula, can you talk to me about you know growing up and how you got into poetry and then music? Um, yeah, so started off um, in school. I wasn't like I've always been an inquisitive kid, um, but there wasn't anything that really I was drawn to subject-wise. Do you know what I mean? And then um, I started writing because we had to in English and later on in, in English class there was this like competition where if you write a poem then you get the chance to compete against um, national people around the country and I was like I have always wanted to leave my town so this is my chance like literally let me just go just do this poem and see so then I did this poem now and people were like whoa like you're actually good like you should do this more often and then I got involved in this writing group called Young Identity um, who are writing collective from Manchester and mm -hmm. it's literally the sickest writers I've ever met in my life um, put in one space so naturally I was around all of these amazing writers and I got the chance to hone my craft and then after that I just decided to start doing freestyles and people liked them so I just carried on <laughs> Sick and how is I don't know if this is a silly question is Medulla your real name? No, no, Medulla's my pseudonym. Okay, I, that's what I thought, but I had to double check. How, what, how did you choose that name? Um, because, it's actually a funny story, because my mum, when I was growing up, like, because um, I grew up speaking English and Shona at home, and sometimes it'd be in the same sentence, like, and when I was younger, I couldn't differentiate sometimes between what was English and what was Shona, if it was word that I was unfamiliar with. So like if I was doing something like stupid or like not really using my brain, my mum would be like, use your medulla oblongata. And then so I was like, alright, okay. So I grew up thinking that was a Shona word, but it's not, and it's like a control center in your brain. And I thought that's sick because I like my vibe is like consciousness and like getting people to think, getting people to use their brain. And then I just put the double U because it's like, why not look sick? <laughs> mm. All right, so when you first started getting into music, like what sort of what artists did you like, look up to and admire? Um, I would definitely say when I started thinking, oh my gosh, this music stuff is crazy, it was when I discovered um, Kendrick Lamar and I okay. was like, this guy is insane and like he changed my life like he actually changed my life and he he shaped this is even before I knew I was gonna get into music but he shaped my thoughts and my process and my worldview um so I would say um subconsciously I think I do put a lot of like Kendrick vibes in my music and I really love um Frank Ocean as well the way that he can connect with his audience and like it's just powerful so yeah i would say they were like my early influences but now i'd say it's like completely changed <laughs> okay you know it's funny you're like the third artist that's come on here and started being big enough frank ocean like what what is it about him that kind of really uh you know attracts artists do you know what it is i think first and foremost it's because he's unapologetically himself regardless of whatever happens um, and I think as an artist image is a massive part of what we do 
um but he doesn't he doesn't pertain to how people perceive him he just exists like and you can tell that it's authentic i think that's why it's nice and then like oh I, I don't i don't even know like i think he just knows how to say things in a certain way that people can relate to them even though you've never experienced it and you can really feel the authenticity and the passion in his voice so mm. sick so you said your influences have changed a bit recently so who of late has been influencing you um so i would say i've been listening to a lot of little sims absolutely adore little sims oh she's hard man she's hard and Nicki Minaj as well I feel like that's also someone from early influences but that's someone I've carried along with me who like I've really appreciated how much she's changed as an artist and I've grown with her um but I've also just been listening to like a lot of like underground stuff or people that are not completely established yet because I really love that and I think because I'm that's I'd say that's where I am now it's good to listen to that and just feel the, the vibe so I really like baby pink um she's amazing um and near archives she's sick and yeah there's, there's loads I could mention but yeah mm. so when you started the poetry and then how long was it until that kind of uh, uh, developed into you writing music I'd say I'd say it was about it was such a gradual process because I was so scared. Like I'm literally, like I was just like, and there's not many women in rapping it. So I was like, I, I don't know if this is a bit of me. Whatever. There's no musical people in my family. And it was just a case of one day I did a freestyle. So it was like, I've been writing poetry for let's say five years. And then I went to uni. I can be more free. I can just do whatever I want. I've got a lot of free time. And then a year later I was doing music so I think it was just like a, a year transition how easy was it making that transition it was hard and I've only just started to own it this year like even though I said the transition was like a year transition between the poetry I think it's only like literally in 2021 or 2020 that I've really been calling myself a rapper and it's only in January that I released my first um, original debut single so it wasn't easy at all because it's like you feel like you're self-proclaiming these things you know what I mean but what I've noticed is you have to you have to self-proclaim for it to be true in the end so yeah why did you not like the fact that it seemed self-proclaiming I think looking back at the time I don't know why but looking back I think it was just a fear of failure mm. like fear of if I claim okay I'm a rapper and then it flops then then what but the thing is that then what is like nothing nothing happens yeah I was, still me. yeah there's no like the fear of failure is so like it doesn't exist you know what i mean so once i let go of that i was like i felt more powerful because i can literally do what i want with no repercussions because i'm not i'm not in fear of what's gonna happen because nothing's gonna happen like my friend always says She's always like, um, oh, he's going to beat my ass. Like, if, if there's, like, any, like, situation in life, she's like, who's going to beat you up? Like, and the answer's <laughs> no one. So just do it. Do you know what I mean? I love that. Because you, you're so right. It's like, you know, you said, oh, what if I fail? Then what? Like, yeah, then what? So what? You know what I'm saying? And so that's, that's the attitude that, that's, that's a good attitude to have, man, honestly. Yeah. 
So, you know, one thing that kind of surprised me about poetry is that I feel like in school, like you kind of learn quite a bit about it. Like it seems like a, 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 a quite a big part of English, like poetry. But once I left school, it was kind of like it wasn't that big. It's like you don't really see poetry about like, you know, with books, for example, fiction or non-fiction they're always about you're always hearing of a book like there's there's always there's just books are just about but poetry you kind of have to look for poetry and so from someone that is actively interested in it is poetry is it like a dying art or is it just maybe not necessarily for the mass audience i think i think it was a dying art and i wouldn't even class it as a dying art anymore just purely because i think it's a thriving art if anything because in the past people like shakespeare um them and their people that used to write poetry they couldn't like they didn't they weren't rich in their lifetime they only became rich after they died whereas now you can earn a living off being a poet you know like george the poet is doing it sully breaks um so many others that i could name and like i just feel like that just proves that and i think maybe it's because it's evolved to adapt to the times like because spoken word is now popular people people react better to like a visual medium so i think it is putting it in a packaging that's easier for people to receive so yeah i don't think it's dying i think it's the best it's ever been mm. and who are some of the poets that you admire um so like i was saying um in my writing group, Young Identity, I was around amazing poets, and I'm not even being biased when I say they were some of the best, like um, Isaiah Hall, he's absolutely amazing. Um, and Rachel Long, I absolutely love her. Who else do I love? Let me see. Zena Edwards, like, she's amazing. And I think it's, it's powerful because these are all black people as well. And when I was growing up learning about poetry, it was predominantly white men that were writing this poetry. But now all of my inspirations are black men and women and it's just, it's powerful. Yeah, mm, I bet. And to you, what makes a good poem? What makes a good poem? I Do you know what? I think I can be pretty snobby with the poetry that I like. Like, I know that I'm very particular in what, what I like to hear in poems. Um, so I like a poem that isn't trying too hard to impress the audience and what I mean by that is like there's this running joke in poetry where like people say buzzwords or they talk about buzz subjects because they know people are gonna like give that attention the poetry that I like is the one where you can tell that this person regardless of if anyone heard it they wrote it for themselves and like they really put their heart on that page and like you can feel it when when they when they perform it or when you read it so that's the poetry mm. that i like and i love heartbreak poems <laughs> <laughs> so when you decided you know that you wanted to release music did you have a plan of action or is it more of a case of just i'll just start putting stuff out and see what happens yeah there was a plan of action but i can tell you that plan has gone in the bin like i had no idea what i was doing um but i tried to put a plan in place and my plan was okay i'm gonna write a song 
and release a single one single each month that was my plan but i did one song and i'm telling you it's an extreme sport like it's literally you put your everything in this song from getting the artwork done getting the videography done getting the marketing side of things done sorting out your prs all of these things that nobody tells you that you just have to find out by yourself so at the minute that plan was just completely impossible without management or whatever so yeah i definitely had a plan but it just i think it's just better to just go with the flow sometimes and like learn as i go yeah and how is, have you found it since you've adopted that approach it's been good it's been less stressful because it's got i've got less pressure on myself and one thing that the music people keep reminding me that around me is that i am not i'm not signed to a label i am independent so anything i say goes i can do things the way that i want to and i've also learned that there isn't like a one there's not a one-way approach to music and i think it definitely depends on what kind of music you are making as well so because mine is like i would say it's a, it's a bit of a niche um in the rap scene as well so like rap is a bit of a niche anyway and then within rap i feel like i'm an even more niche so i feel like my approach would be completely different to like the drakes of the world or like i don't know the little waynes or something do you know what i mean so how does so with that approach in mind like because one day you know you could be offered a deal but like you said you know as as an independent artist what you say goes so how do you feel about you know the, the prospect of potentially you know being part of a label one day i'm not opposed to it but i'm not jumping at the at the thought of it either i think especially nowadays because i've gotten so far already without anything i know i know what i bring to the table sort of thing and i think in this day and age with social media there isn't really a need for it and i am very big on owning my own things so as lo if if there was like um a deal that allowed me to still own my things and allowed me the freedom that i would have and i could see real benefit then 100 percent. but i'm not in any rush i'm doing this because i love it um so yeah i wouldn't be like jumping at the opportunity yeah fairs because i i've seen the um the kind of shift in attitudes towards labels like over the past few years and i i quite i quite like it because when i was younger like growing up it was always like oh, i get a record deal like it was seemed it was like almost like the end goal like you know get this deal and, and then you're set but now it's it's not the case at all and and like Bouds who I had uh, on I think it was the third episode uh, he said something similar he's like look if a label wants to sign you you know that means they think that they can make money from you so you're doing something right basically like if, if you can do it with the label you can do it without them so it's nice seeing that that change in, in attitude and now you know there are some like some top artists are independent and then they're, and they're killing it and i think it sends a good message yeah exactly there has been like a complete shift so yeah i'm really here for it like artists just getting what they deserve <laughs> now a little sidetrack question like it's 
clear to see that you're a creative person, like, and it's even just through speaking with you, as well as just, you know, you, the way you dress and your whole attitude. So what did you want to be when you were younger? Did you always see yourself going down like this sort of path? Absolutely not. Like, I would have never thought about this, like, when I was younger. I wanted to be a forensic psychologist. Oh, wow. <laughs> have you ever seen Criminal Mind? No. But I've seen, you know, I've seen, have you seen Mindhunter? No, is that like Criminal Minds? basically like the psychology of, of killers and why they do it is it, that, is it that sort of thing yeah exactly so they they would like be a team of people that would use um i don't know their knowledge about the brain to find the killer and i was like that is sick like i want to do that that is a it, it sounds sick, yeah, yeah it does right but i'm like more time i just love the show maybe i wouldn't actually like the you know being <laughs> in the field doing that but I did pursue, I tried to pursue that, like all of my subjects in school were centered around that, but that got stopped like abruptly in college because I failed biology and you needed biology to do it. So I was just like, okay, this isn't for me. <laughs> but, um, Back to the drawing board. Yeah. <laughs> okay, oh, that's really interesting. I've never heard of that, of someone wanting to do that, but I could see what, I could see the appeal. So, you've decided that you want to release music so tell me about the journey from there to you releasing your debut single so the journey from me deciding i want to make music to the debut single yes um so how did i even get there i had just been i've been writing in my notes for ages right and I've been receiving beats from like my friends and just like hearing beats online, etc, etc. And then I went to like, I'd been posting on my story as well, like producers get at me, this, this, this. And then one time um, a producer that was from London was like, oh yeah, let's work, let's do this. And then I just never got back to him because I just completely forgot. And then we saw each other at a party in Manchester and I was like, whoa, like, wait a sec we said we we're gonna work together so then after that we we're like let's actually just do it so then we just just did it like i just threw myself into it and then i recorded it i was like if anything i don't have to put it out but then i ended up recording it we finished it in like a day like everything and then i really liked it so i was like i'm, I'm gonna run with this and then after that it was like i didn't really have much of a plan because i was also trying to do all of this before uni started again because I was like once uni starts it's over for like my creative life so I just wanted to make sure I get got everything done so there wasn't like a full-on plan but I was just like yep I'm gonna release it and then I'm gonna do a challenge for it which was fun I really enjoyed doing the challenge for it and then yeah that's that's how it came to be and then I'm, I'm like really grateful that my first track got it's got a radio play on BBC introducing so yeah
a platform is just so important, isn't it? So getting onto there and then introducing, like, it's, it's been a really good start for you, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. It's proper making me excited for, like, what's to come. You're listening to the Get to Know podcast. So how did you feel, like, in the lead-up to you releasing your debut single I mean it must have been so many emotions going through your mind I think I'm really lucky because I've got my my unofficial managers aka I like we have this joke like my brother and sister like I'd call them like my indentured laborers because they have to just work for me like they have no choice so like I'm really I'm lucky that I have them because they were really encouraging for me and like they're encouraging me throughout the whole process and saying like look you love the song at the end of the day whatever happens however it's received that's not in your power um so i was just very calm about it when i was releasing it because i was like this is a song i believe in the lyrics i believe in them i believe that i'm going hard so (laughs) everyone's gonna like listen to it whether they like it or not it is what it is so i think letting go of all of that stuff that i couldn't control let me enjoy the process a lot more yeah and i can't help but think that it was all very deliberate like the timing of it i mean start of the year leveling up right talk to me about that yeah yeah yeah. that was like i was like okay it was either to release it before christmas or to release it like literally start of the year and i was like we have been through it 2020 put us through it and like we just need to know that look we are going to level up regardless and i think it was it was very timely yeah like i definitely made it there because it's like new year you're doing resolutions and it's like you want to level up you want to improve on yourself so yeah yeah so uh what does leveling up in 2021 look like for you Leveling up for me looks like continuing to believe in my source and I know it's, it sounds like a like a small thing or an abstract thing and I, I know my capabilities but then it's easy to lose that along the way sometimes so I would just like to, to maintain that and also just to 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 maintain the relationships in my life and to keep them as healthy as they are because I really appreciate them. Like one thing that 2020 taught me is that that's what we have. We have family, we have our relationships and that's something that I want to make sure I appreciate as much as I can. Mm. So uh, how's the single done? I mean, against your expectations? Oh, I could have, I literally never could have expected it. It's done way better than I thought it would. People... I didn't think would vibe with it, are vibing with it, and yeah, like to this day, like I'm kind of in the in the mindset of like, okay, I'm done with that track now. Let me move on to the next, see see what's going on. But people will still tag me and stuff, and like they'll be listening to my song, or like someone made a mood board for it the other day, and I was just like, that's really inspiring to me because it's like. Yeah, I've moved on, but that song is out there now forever. Like yeah. people are gonna find it and resonate with it mm. at different times, and I love that. So yeah, I appreciate it. 
And what is the creative process like for you? Um, a mess, an absolute mess. Like I would say, I literally just vomit on the page. Like I listen to a beat and I'll just vomit on the beat the way that, no, vomit on the page the way that the beat is making me feel. And then I'll go back to it and then I'll just look at the things that I like and then see what flows, see what doesn't. So it's like, at first it looks like rubbish and then I like to refine that and then it ends up being something that I'm really happy with. Mm. Um, and there'll be times where I'll just, I'll start one track, do three lines, be bored, go to something else. And I think giving myself that room is good because like, it allows me to not get into like a writer's block sort of thing. Like if I'm just stuck on something and I can't move past it, it's better to just leave it and then come back to it when I can. And how different, if at all, is the process uh, from writing a song to writing poetry? Um, I'd say they're very different. I think with writing songs, you're able to, especially with rap, I feel like I'm able to be a bit more confident, be a bit more cheeky and like show different sides of my personality a bit more. Um, whereas with poetry, I do think, so I'd say poetry is like vulnerable me and yeah. then rap is like boisterous me who can just like say whatever they want and do what they want. So yeah, it's definitely like two different sides, like two different sides of my brain I'm using when I'm writing each of them. Okay, sick. So, how would you describe your style of music? My style? I would say I'm definitely still finding my sound, but I would say that one thing that I would like to remain consistent through my journey is just the lyricism and the consciousness. That's not to say that every song, every song I release will be about consciousness but then I will always have some kind of message because I think that summarizes me as a person um so yeah I'm not opposed to any genre but I think conscious rap is the umbrella that I would fall under Hella honest, that's a promise Make you look inside of your mind Till you change the topic You're reluctant, car, it's ugly in there I take comfort knowing no one else can judge me in there It's a sticky affair a One thing I wanted to uh, speak with you about Is I know you identify as Pan-African um, so Would you mind talking a bit a bit about that And what that, what that means to you? Yeah, so Like I was saying before um, I grew up in like a very small town uh, In Manchester And when like I always wanted to leave and a lot of the reasons for that is because there was nobody like me and nobody cared for issues that affected me um and when I left to go to uni I realized this is not this is not a me problem it's a them problem and pan-africanism uh, like I really fell in love with it at uni because there was this pan-african society that me and my best friend she was president and I was vice president and through the society, 
we got to teach people about histories that they never got to learn about before and I was even teaching myself because there was histories that I didn't ever know existed and I was thinking why is that the case and um I love the term pan-Africanism because I think it, in, it encapsulates everybody everyone of African origin um that also obviously includes um the West Indies and um other places but people that just originated from Africa and I think it in the title it pushes the idea that the end goal is to kind of give back to the continent in some way or the other um with with like I would say like pro-blackness and stuff that those terms apply as well to who I am but I think pan-Africanism really touches on the issues that I'm concerned with like I'm really big on later on in life I don't know how I don't know what that looks like but making sure I contribute to the country that I came from or the continent that I came from and how would you define pan-Africanism um I would just define it as the unity of Africans and people of African descent and people that are passionate about the future of Africa as well. Yeah. Um, people that use that term, I think they have quite a forward thinking view. They have a knowledge of the past that allows them to kind of build the future of Africa and places that like I don't when I speak of Africa I don't even mean in a geographical location I mean like globally what that means or in the DNA sort of thing so mm. yeah that's how I define it so what sort of things did you do as um you know as vice president of the Pan-African Society so we would have um read it so me and my friend as well we both on the, we were on the same course we did French as well so we would just teach people about histories so one of the events we'd have was like we'd have a, a, a day where we would ask everyone to read a passage from let's say this book called uh, Black Skin White Masks um, by Franz Fanon and then we would discuss it and we'd be like what do you think what do you think he's saying by these things because these issues are not new people have written about them before it's just we don't have the access to understand them so it's like instead of building new things or new materials to understand the world we live in it's about using the ones that existed before and developing those to understand the world now um we'd also have like um historians come in to talk to us about different histories like robin walker would come in um, and tell us um he's, he's like an interesting guy like he would just make it very interesting history and we also had a day where we would go and visit a gallery and it was like an exhibition put on by um a black artist who was he he had an interest i think he was called victor omar diop he was an artist and um he would use himself in every single image that he would make but then he would look different in every image and it was just very powerful so it's just like allowing people and us to have a space where we can explore these things that are interesting to us but that we didn't know that we had access to okay thank you 
so if someone wanted to kind of find out more about pan-Africanism where would where should they go where would you direct them where would I direct them yeah uh, I would say a good starting point would be just to Google Akala. Akala's been doing this work for ages, and he's someone he's, he's someone that is in the now. Um, so that would be a good place to start, just as an introduction. And then after that, you could delve into like the heavier stuff, like Franz Fanon and like the early Pan Africanist people that started the movement. And what I noticed is that there's different there's different parts of it. Like, um, there's a specific one for like French speaking the French speaking world. So that was like Negritude movement and all of that. So you could just start with one area in the world, and you can find different parts of Pan Africanism in all parts of the world. Okay, thank you. All right, so I've heard you know a lot of good things about the music scene in Manchester. I mean, I'm familiar with some of the talent, um, you know, there's the likes of Mastermind, IMDDB, obviously H, but who are some of the other up and coming artists that people should maybe be looking out for? Um, definitely Lady Ice. Absolutely love Lady Ice. Um, who else would I say? The Manchester scene is actually popping. There's too many. Um, Dylan, there's someone called Dylan, but I can't remember his last name, but he's he's cold, like he's absolutely wavy. Um and yeah. Um the poet that I mentioned before, Isaiah, he also makes music. He's sick. Um but yeah, the Manchester scene is somewhere that I think it's got such a I don't know, an authentic sound and like I think we're finally being given the room to to push outside of our city. And I recently discovered this other artist called Blind Mike as well. He's called, he's from mm. Manchester. Okay, sick. Yeah, it's nice to see that Manchester, Manchester's, you know, getting its flowers now. Like, what do you think's caused that? Because there's, it's like, you know, Bugsy Malone, for example, he's been around for ages and, you know, I know he's, he's always tried to put, you know, money on the map, as he says, but like, what do you think's changed of late? What do I think's changed? I think it could be that, not to say that um, in the London scene there isn't diverse artists, but I feel that because it is the most dominant um, force in the mu in the UK music scene, it's easy for those artists to start to sound similar. And then I think people are now wanting something that's a bit different and naturally because Mancunians have got a different accent, it's already going to be different. Um, but then within that, I think they also explore more. They like they'll draw from other other genres of music that maybe are because like there's a lot of indie music in Manchester, and I've noticed a lot of people, a lot of rappers infuse that into their music, and I, I rate that. Mm. And uh, what do you have coming up that we can look forward to? What's next on the agenda for you? What's next? Um, I have got two songs that I'm sitting on mm. that I'm actually going to release soon. One of them is a love song um, that I'm doing. That's that's a collaboration with an artist called Topia. Um, 
she's a sick vocalist and then I also have another track coming out called Refill. It's just a bit of a vibe. Um, yeah, and I'm also just working on another, like, couple of exciting projects that I can't really talk too much about. But hopefully, in like the next couple of weeks, they will all just come to light. And like, yeah, I'm just excited for that journey to start. Sick. I'm looking forward to it. Yo, this is a little bit of me still Nothing in my cup, let me get a refill Same bill, we're falling off a very steep hill Ordering the shots, I'm the boss, meat mill So this is a little bit of me still Nothing in my cup, let me get a refill Same bill, we're falling off a very steep hill Ordering the shots, I'm the boss, meat mill Medulla baby, that's the name I the true Say the music raised me to be great and Trying to be a maybe I got great plans Even when the days be rainy I'm a rain dance So pour it up I know the ratio I'm trying to get ahead And I ain't talking about fellatio Medulla's in your head I ain't trying to make you crazy though Sipping slow You already know I got the wavy flow And I back the chat I rap slack It's never that Name was made for plaques Till then I'ma have to stack And stack and stack I know my worth What's wrong with that? Ah, they think I'm cocky Maybe it's the womb I've got inside of my body Just bring the cup and bring the bossy Mood on ASAP Rocky Yo, this is a little bit of me still Nothing in my cup, let me get a refill Same bill, we're falling off a very steep hill Ordering the shots, I'm the boss meat mill So this is a little bit of me still Nothing in my cup, let me get a refill Okay, so uh, before we wrap things up, we're going to move on to the trivia section. So, five questions, and your topic is Africa. So, we'll see how you get on. All right. <laughs> All right, no pressure, no pressure. All right, first question. What large land animal kills the most people in Africa? Is it A, hippopotamus, B, lion, or C, buffalo? I'm going to say buffalo. It's actually hippopotamus. Damn. Yeah, like, you know, I think people are just recently wising up to the fact that hippopotamus aren't really the the, the fluffy, cuddly animal that, that they get made out yeah. to be. Like, they seem was, so cute. Yeah, I know. But I think they just have a great PR team. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you know, actually, I think it was just a couple of days ago. I saw a video on Twitter of like twenty lions, like just attacking a crocodile. It was crazy. Sorry, twenty hippos attacking a crocodile. It was mad. Oh my yeah, man. god, that's crazy. All right, next question: What is the smallest country in mainland Africa? A Lesotho. B, Gambia, or C, Rwanda? Lesotho. It's actually B, Gambia. The small thing. Yeah, I know. Yeah, no I way. know. Oh my gosh, this is crazy. <laughs> All right, next one. What was the first sub-Saharan African country to gain independence? Is it? A, Kenya, B, Ghana, or C, Nigeria? 
I'm gonna say Ghana. Ghana's correct. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's correct. Because I, I saw your face as as I as I was asking the question, you were like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> but yeah, it is Ghana. <laughs> All right, next question. What is the largest city in Africa? Is it A, Lagos, B, Johannesburg, or C, Cairo? Lagos? It is C, Cairo. Is it? Oh, my God. Yeah, man. Wow. All right, this next question is actually pretty hard, and I apologise. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, who is the first elected African female president? Is it A, Sylvie Kingi of Burundi, B, Ellen Johnson Sirleaf of Liberia, or C, Joyce Banda of Malawi? Can I phone a friend? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no. Yeah, there's no rules. It's <laughs> out <Without> specs. <laughs> I'm gonna go with C. It's actually B. Ellen Johnson Sirleaf of Liberia. Wow! Shout out to her though on International Women's Day as well. Yeah, man. Honestly. <laughs> yeah, I ain't lie. You had some tough questions there. I think I might have been a bit deep. So. <laughs> Oh man. All right. Lastly, I usually ask people what they're listening to at the moment. So I'm curious to know. Usually, yeah, like before, what I would say is like who was the most played from like, last year, like when it was the Apple replay, Spotify wrapped, but it was a little while ago. But if you can remember that. But yeah, who, who are you listening to right now? I would say I'm listening to it. I have this thing yet. I don't, like, I feel like I listen to the same albums for ages. So I've been replaying um, College Dropout on repeat. Don't know why. Maybe it's because I'm know, like... I just... You know what? The last interview I did, the person said the exact same thing. I've just been playing College Dropout. But oh, yeah. Man, what is in the air? Because I'm, I'm actually this close to dropping out of uni. Like, I'm not even joking. <laughs> so maybe it's that as well. But, um, yeah, College Dropout... Um, I've been listening to um, a lot of. Well, I've been listening to a lot of Jenny Aiko as well. Loving Jenny Aiko at the minute. Um, mm. You know what's but... mad? You know what's crazy? Yeah. I, well, when I was doing my research for this, and I was like listening to your music, I was thinking, you know what, a Jenny Aiko collab would sound pretty sick. Like, Seriously? swear down. That's what. That's legit what I said, like, a couple of days ago. I was listening to your music, like, yeah, that'd be a fire caller. I am claiming it. Absolutely claiming it. <laughs> but, Please yeah. do. I want to hear that. <laughs> soon come, soon come. And then I think the last person I'd probably say I've been listening to is um, No Name. Rap this rap called No Name. Mm. Okay, yeah, I've heard of her. Yeah, she's called. And I'm curious to know, who would you say, off the top of your head... Your top five favorite rappers ever. Oh, I oh, right. Top five. All right. Do you know what? 
You don't. Or you can. You can do more than five. Do as many as you like. Okay. I'm just curious to know who's who's in there. Nicki Minaj, definitely coldest, hardest. Um. Who else would I say? Oh, I feel so much pressure because I feel like people are gonna judge me. <laughs> um, I really love. I love Meg The Stallion. I don't know if it's just maybe it's her vibe. I'm mm. not sure, but I just I love her. Um, Kendrick, like I said, sick guy. Um, Kanye. Who else would I say? Oh my gosh, what's his name? Anderson Pack. Oh, okay. Oh, I wasn't expecting that, but yeah, yeah, he's hard. Really, I adore him. And um, who else? Chance the rapper. Mm. Love him. And then Drake, even though he has lost a lot of credibility because, you know, ghostwriters and that, he's sick. His music bangs. We can't lie. We can't. Yeah, yeah. Drake, Drake's definitely up there for me. Like, I know that, yeah. See, now, like, you know, when, you, when I'm listening to him, it's like, oh, did you write this? But uh, let, me just, let me just enjoy the music, man. <laughs> just enjoy it. There's no point mm. in fighting it, honestly. Yeah, and um, have you heard that new uh, Anderson Pack and Bruno Mars tune that everyone's going crazy over? No. Oh, good. you need to check that out. So basically, they're they're releasing uh, a project together. Okay. And they've just released a song. It's called "Leave the Door Open." But yeah, it's sick, man. Like sick Jeez. vibes. Yeah. No, like, I, I think you'll like out. it, and. Yeah, check it out, man. Like, better people was talking about it. And then I heard it on, like, they played it on the Joe Budden podcast. And I was like, okay, this is the vibe still. Because mm. wow. <clears throat> like, Anderson Pack's hard. And then Bruno Mars, I think he's super talented. But with me, I think his his voice is better than the music he puts out. Like, uh, like I, I think it's some of, some of the songs I'm like, eh. But it's his voice that I just love his voice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, reckon yeah. I reckon you'll sound sick on this project. Um. Yeah, that's a collab I wouldn't have thought of, but I think that could bang Devils. Yeah, man. Yeah, check it out. Yeah, you'll enjoy it. I'm quite confident of that. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, before we wrap things up, any last words for the listeners? Um, nope. Just follow me on socials, Medula, two U's, two L's, and... Thank you so much for having me on this podcast. It's been great. Oh, Madula, it's been a pleasure. Like, thank you so much for coming on. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the people hearing this. So, yeah, thanks again. <laughs> no worries. All right. Thanks, Madula. See ya. See ya. Shout out to Medulla. Big episode there. Really appreciate her coming on. Now, the third tune I played was actually her latest single, 
Now, at the time of recording, it's not actually out yet, but it will be reviewed this week. And as you can tell from that clip, it is fire. So make sure you check out the whole version because not everyone is privileged to have a fire podcast to get these exclusives. <laughs> I'm messing, man, but be sure to check that out, man. Shout out Medulla. Wish her all the best in the early stages of her career. And yeah, man, I'm looking forward to hearing more from her. So yeah, man, the chat's called Refill. Make sure you follow her up on the socials. Now, onto the TV show that I'm going to recommend this week. And this show is called Bulletproof. May have heard of it. So basically, Ashley Walters, aka Asher D, and Noel Clark, they play partners in the police force and their best friends. So it's police drama, but it's pretty joke as well. And yeah, they're just solving cases basically um, not really much to it usually I'm not a police program sort of guy but obviously these two are mandem and they kind of make it cool like you know they talk like how mandem talk you know their the, the, the style of comedy is that kind of laid back and quite just I don't know just jokes in it and there's good action in there as well um, decent storylines so yeah man you should check that out I'm aware that these descriptions are pretty vague <laughs> but it is what it is man you can find this show on Sky or Now TV if you have the entertainment package and there are two and a half series I want to say so the first two series obviously set in London like, as, as usual but then they released a three part um, special based in South Africa this is like about a month or so ago but yeah it's all worth watching South Africa one's pretty sick actually so yeah man be sure to check that out that's it from me but thanks again for listening Shout out everyone that's been tuning in. Honestly, so much love. I'll be back next week with more fire content for you. Shout out Larry David. Shout out Jurgen Klopp. Respect guys. Safe.